Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is September 1st, 2021. It's football month. And we have eight days until kickoff. How about that? How about them apples? It's just so exciting. It's the first day. It's kickoff. <laughs> like normally we have kickoff and then we got to wait four days for the Bucks to play. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is it, man. We are we're kicking the league off. Boom. And I'm kind of excited. Like football Sunday, the first week. We get to chill out and watch everybody yeah, else. Yeah, we can watch yeah. everybody else. Yeah, we're going to cover that. We're going to cover some of the stuff that's happening that, that Sunday. I've uh, got a great podcast for you today. We are going to go over the Texans game just a little bit, just a smidge, because we missed doing that Monday podcast. I was a little under the weather. It was not coronavirus related, we don't think. <laughs> Didn't get tested. Uh, Molly did a couple weeks ago. You went and got tested. We had the same issue. You had this. It was more of a headache thing. Mm-hmm. And then you went and got tested, came back negative, And then was it was this a week, two weeks later, I get mm-hmm. the same symptoms. And I was just like, eh, I'm fine. Just struggle through it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's some kind of funky thing. Yeah. yeah they Whatever said, it is. It's yeah. weird. So I was I was under the weather a little bit, and it just Molly was like, eh, let's just not do it. We'll do it the next one. So we apologize for that. Uh, then we got the roster moves that the Buccaneers have done. Lots to talk about there. Interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, we've got some Bucks news not pertaining to the roster. We have some NFC South news, pretty big news, too. And then stuff around the league. So we're going to pretty much touch on everything. We're going to have to try and go quick so we don't have a two-hour podcast. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But first and foremost, we got to get the fun stuff out of the way. Fact checks and follow-ups. First one, actually all of them, for the most part, have to do with our opponent coming up in the week one game, the Dallas Cowboys. Follow-up, I had asked, where did the moniker come from, America's team? with the Dallas Cowboys. That was pretty interesting. It was uh, uh, attributed by NFL Films, did it. Uh, Bob Ryan, he was the former editor-in-chief who later became uh, vice president of NFL Films. He was putting together a Dallas Cowboys season highlight reel in 1978, and uh, he needed to write some narration. So during the editing process, he noticed that in the road games, there were a lot of people in stands wearing Cowboys gear, hats and jerseys and such. So he decided right then and there to start calling them America's team. He later told this to the NFL Network. He said, I saw all these fans in away stadiums. And he said, hey, they're the most popular team in the country. How can I use that? Why not just call them America's team? And this is true. This is true. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys probably are the most prolific fan base in the NFL. I used to do some work selling NFL merchandise uh, nationwide, internationally, actually. And the Dallas Cowboys were by far the most sought after thing. They had the most. They were the number one by by quite a bit. Now, the funny thing was they, they bought a lot of merchandise, but I think it was the Denver Broncos fans that actually spent the most. Very strange. Yeah, there, there was a lot more Cowboy fans than there was any other fan base, but the Denver Broncos fans spent more per person. So, they were the most generous. So I wonder if that guy, was he, I bet he was a Cowboys fan. I'm just saying. <laughs> we need to look that up. Mm-hmm. That would be funny to find out. Well, back then. Well, he would probably never say. Yeah, see, but, my thought. yeah, you'd have to really probably dig deep. This yeah. is back before social media, so you'd have to interview friends and family or maybe catch a picture of him wearing some yeah. Cowboys gear. But, you know, when I was growing up, the first Super Bowl I really remember watching that was a big event for me was the Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers. And I was a fan of both teams' players. Uh, you know, I really liked uh, Tom Landry, 
the coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Roger Staubach was my favorite quarterback. Uh, you had uh, – who was the running back? Oh, my gosh. can't remember, but I liked him. But then on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I liked uh, the Lynn Swan. Uh, the, their defense with the Iron Curtain or Steel Curtain was just really – they were just loaded with guys that were awesome. I was more of a player person than a team person. So the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers were everywhere back then. They were the big teams. And, you know, if you watched football, you ended up watching the Dallas Cowboys and Pittsburgh Steelers because they were on everything. So uh, I could see where, you know, that's really when they built their fan bases. Mm-hmm. So. Plus the cheerleaders. Uh, speaking of which, that's the <laughs> next uh, fact check. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. <laughs> Organic, completely. Yes. Uh, this is a fact check. I had said that the Cowboys cheerleaders had never changed their uniforms. That was incorrect. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been a part of the National Football League history since 1961. And back then they were known as the Cowbells and Boys, spelled B-E-A-U-X. Boy? Boys? Bows? Bows? Okay, maybe it's cowbells. Cowbells and bows. How about that? Yeah. What did I say? Cowboys and bows? Yeah. Boys? Uh, Today's Cowboys cheerleaders uniforms of a blue star-spangled vest, white shorts, and boots was designed by Paul Wagner, uh, Paula, Paula Van Wagner, uh, in 1972. And they were the first to introduce choreographed dance routines. Oh, yeah. interesting. Uh, they required, I wonder if that's what made them so popular. I think it was the uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> the dance. I don't know. They're the like dancing. shaking their stuff. Oh, you yeah. like that, too. I mean, it was a, a lot of physical training, hours of choreography and stuff like that. You know, the, the cheerleaders that do it now, they have to do all that. And mm-hmm. the, most of them don't get paid. But they do get a lot of bennies. Anyhow, uh uh, three years later, the cheerleaders appeared in the 1975 Super Bowl and became famous across the nation. Uh, so in, in 2016, they were still using, you know, they, they've kept the colors, the blue and the, the white, but they, they changed the blue slightly. Uh, but they're still using the same cloth they bought in bulk in the 1970s for their oh, uniforms. Nice. They had to rebuy the blue once, and it's slightly a different Good Color God, now. how much did they buy? But apparently Whoa. a lot. Yeah. Where do they store it? In Jerry Jones's garage. I know, probably. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, he's so weird. But they have adjusted their uniforms throughout the years. Uh, as a matter of fact, in the 90s, they went beltless. They had a little... They, they were like the shorts were a lot tighter and they had a V cut in the front of them. Mm-hmm. And it's, but then they, they had no belt. And they used to wear cowboy boots, mm-hmm. which they don't anymore. Or at least they stopped in the 90s. Uh, there's all, been all kinds of small adjustments, uh, you know, rhinestones and stuff like that. But for the most part, they've kept the uniform the same. So it's a fact check, but. It's a minor fact check. So did, did you do a lot of research on that? A lot of research, wow. man, you know. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't have to read a lot. It was visual. Right. I'm a visual learner, <laughs> especially when it comes to the cheerleaders. All right, follow up. We play the week, We play the Saints in week eight. Uh, we couldn't remember if it was a week six or week eight. So we have week eight. Now, there's plenty of time for a starting quarterback change to happen there between Jameis Winston and... What's his face? No, we play in week seven. What? I have the calendar right here. I don't know why I didn't look at that. Our our bye week is week eight. But we play New Orleans in week seven. Is it Halloween. game seven or week? Week seven. Yeah, game seven. Okay. Our bye week is week eight. Okay. Uh, you know, I should have done that, that in real time. I don't remember. Um, I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, well, I I just I'd kind of mumbled it on my breath. I was like, "Is it week six or week eight? Yeah, neither. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. it's it's a Monday night. Or no, it's a Sunday game. Okay, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's week seven. How did I get it wrong twice? <laughs> I don't know. So anyhow, we'll talk about that later. There's a Saints okay. starting starting. I know. There's a lot of time for you know. I don't know that we. In the last episode, did we talk about 
James winning the starting job? No, it hadn't happened. Okay, it hadn't happened. I think yeah. it happened the next day or something. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, we played the Texans, and the Saints played the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Both teams suck. Uh, you know, the Texans are horrible, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are absolutely horrible. And we both pulled out wins. Uh, our team, I thought, looked pretty good. Our, our starters. Wow. The, okay, so the starting offense, that first drive, they went three and out, which mm-hmm. that was a little discouraging to me. But then those next two drives, whoa. Like, oh, God, they yes. were just incredible. I was like, I can't even, like, they were just a well-oiled machine and just crushed it. It's like that first drive, they were just kind of probing a little or, mm-hmm. you know, and it... um. Wow. And those other two drives that just kind of blew me away. Yeah, two two 90-yard drives for scores, uh, you know, for touchdowns. So, you know, it wasn't field goals. Mm-hmm. And they were just executed very well, which is what I expect to see all season long. You know, we got to remember last year these guys didn't have preseason. They didn't have any preseason games. They, they were the first four or five games where our offense was trying to learn how to work together. You know, we had added some parts and – they were trying to see where they fit in the system and everything. So, you know, it wasn't until later in the season when our offense started clicking. And I fully expect this year for our offense to come out and just be just be like that every game. You know, highly oiled, very aggressive, high scoring. Although we were high scoring last year. I mean, we were scoring 40-plus points on the regular. Yeah. It wasn't nothing for us. I, I fully expect that this year, but more better for better we're better. But we also got to keep in mind, this is at the Texans. Uh, the Lovey Smith's, Smith's defense was out there. And well, it's new. they did okay against our second, third string, fourth string. Oh, yeah, defense. yeah. I mean, they made some plays against us, so that was a little that was a little unnerving. To me, there's a huge drop-off in talent between our first string and our second string. Uh, the only thing that is... More comforting to me is that the whole second string is never going to be on the field together. (laughs) Like they'll be filling in as needed, you know, rotational guys. So it's not really that big of a thing, but it's definitely a very stark contrast when you're watching Mm -hmm. one unit play and play very, very well at a very high level, and then the next unit comes on, and they do not play that way. Like, it was like watching Ryan or um, Blaine Gabbert. It was just like, oh, my God, I hope he's never on the field ever for anything, (laughs) ever. Don't even let him go, like, congratulate people afterwards. Like, it was so (laughs) awful. (laughs) Never let him on the field. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't know why. I mean, I know he's BA's guy. He must be great in the locker room, but... There was, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was it was scary, a little frightening. I, I was not happy when he came here. Uh, you know, the, at Jacksonville, he was, he was a mess, I thought. And we got him, and I was like, ugh, you know, as long as we keep him in third third string, I'll be happy. You know? Well, and he was at San Francisco, too, where him mm-hmm. and Cap were fighting for a job. Yep. Yeah, he lost his job to Cap later in the season that year, right? And then Cap came out, and he, he stank it up. Yeah, so. well, I think Cap got injured and then lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. Like, I think Blaine came in, played okay. You know, we've discussed this like I know. multiple Ad times nauseam. throughout the years. Yeah. I know. And we still can't remember. I know. But, um, yeah, I don't ever want to see him start on the field. No, well, this is true for any number of reasons. But, yeah, not not impressed with him at all. And, you know, we gotta got to remember these guys. You know, we've got pretty good depth. I'm I'm happy with our depth, uh, but they, you know they're not they're not out there playing against other teams. Uh, like you know, I mean, they practice together. They've never played together in a game, so it's you know it's a big difference. Yeah, you know, with the second, third stringer guys. So it's really just about evaluating individual performances mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. I listened to Ian Buckles accidentally the other night. I had. Um, my podcast playing and his just happened to be the next one up i haven't listened to him probably in two years i don't i think mm-hmm. yeah since james i think and i listened to him and you know he 
used to be a player, so he understands the game. He's got a definite, unique perspective. And he was talking about with the preseason, he's not worried about our first string. He said he was really happy with what he saw. But it was interesting that he was kind of criticizing teams who did not let their veterans play at all because Hmm. he said, you have to get those reps to warm up. You have to get back into game speed. And he specifically talked about Dak Prescott. Now, I have a little bit of a fact check on myself. We had talked about Dak Prescott's injury, and he is currently suffering from a shoulder injury, but that's not what took him out of last season. I completely forgotten about this, but he broke his ankle just like um, Vita did, and that's what took him out of the season. But Ian Beckles was talking about how he has not played since week five. So he has that ankle that he had to get surgery on and recovered there. Then he is dealing with a shoulder injury, which that is a baseball injury. I don't know why these guys play other sports in the offseason when you get hurt. Remember Connor Barthwell? I mean, that ended his career, basically. Mm -hmm. Playing basketball, tore his, what, ACL and was out and he didn't play for the Bucks anymore. But... He was talking about how you have Dak Prescott, who has not played since week five. He's recovering from injury, and you do not play him during the regular season Mm. or during the preseason, and you're just going to throw him into a game week one Mm -hmm. and expect him to win against Tom Brady? Like, that is the most ridiculous (laughs) game plan. I think, like, who came up with that idea? They need to be fired immediately. The ex. Packers coach. Yeah. He, he's horrible. He's, he's absolutely. Yeah. He's so. not good. So I was McCarthy. glad. Yeah. I was glad that our veterans did see the field, even if it was limited, you know, three drives. Is yeah. What they no, had. I thought it was great. We, we came I out know. with no injuries. You know, everybody's. I mean, there were a couple guys that got banged up a little bit, but they're mm-hmm. fine. They're, yeah. You know, we, we've, we've gone through this whole offseason with no injuries. That's awesome. And plus they got some time to get out there and sink and hit each other and Mm -hmm. tackle. Yeah, very, very happy with it. Well, NBA said that they were going to stay out for the whole first half, and they didn't. They pulled them early. Yeah, he was like – that's a great sign. Yeah, he said they did better than he expected, so – Yeah, why keep them out there? Why keep them out there? It didn't make any sense to do that, so – yeah, we didn't take any notes from that game, and we, I haven't rewatched it. Have you rewatched it? No. Yeah. So. Ralph has not been feeling well. Yeah, it seems like there's a there's there's probably a bunch of stuff we're missing talking about. And when I do rewatch it, I'll be like, ah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe by the next podcast, we'll talk about it again. Yeah. So that leads us into what's up with the team. The cuts were yesterday, okay. and. Uh, Molly has got all that, right? I do. I do. So I'm just going to run down the list, and then we can talk about what we think, maybe pick out a few surprises that we noticed. Um, We waived tackle Jake Benzinger, who we had just brought him in a couple weeks ago, Cyril Grayson, Javon Hagen, uh, outside linebacker Ladarius Hamilton, Jonathan Hubbard, Tanner Hudson, Travis Johnson, Herb Miller, Cody McElroy, Elijah Ponder, Benning Patoa. I'm so glad I will never ever have to say that name again. I hope. <laughs> I got some bad news for you then. <laughs> oh no! Uh, defensive lineman Kobe Smith, tackle Brandon Walton, cornerback Chris Wilcox. We waived with an injury designation Brad Seaton. Recall, if you will, Brad held out last year. He opted out for COVID. That's right. Uh, So then we also released tight end Jarrell Adams, Ryan Griffin, cornerback Antonio Hamilton. I'm so sad about this one. Inside linebacker Joe Jones, defensive lineman Jeremiah Ledbetter, Jaden Mickens, running back, CJ Proceeds, and then we also put Justin Watson on the pup list. Oh, yes, which he has not played all preseason or yeah preseason. He really? hasn't. You didn't even miss him. Yeah, uh, apparently you <laughs> didn't even notice. God, we were so stacked at wide receiver. <laughs> okay, I think the biggest surprise 
not surprised, is Tanner Hudson. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think what's even more surprising is that we're only carrying three tight ends on the roster. Yes, very surprising because, you know, we normally carry four. So we need to figure out where that extra guy is going to go. You know, is he going to be linebacker, inside linebacker? That's what I would think. But, oh, interesting. We'll have, we'll, to, we'll look have to look at the – yeah. Now, right now the roster is not set because we have guys on the COVID list and stuff that are going to be coming back, so more cuts are coming. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about those because I don't know that we talked about those yeah. yet. Or we can cover that in news. Yeah, we'll, co- we'll cover – well, yeah, let, go ahead and talk about it. I, okay. The only one I know of – Right offhand is Sue. Yeah, so it was Sue, uh, offensive lineman Nick Leverett, and Earl Wadford. Okay. And in fact, Earl Wadford tweeted and said that he is vaccinated. Okay. So, so does that mean Sue and them aren't? I don't know. I don't know. What Earl Wadford just happened. I think he commented on... Um. Oh, no, it was on his own Twitter account. Okay. And he just said, big vaxxed. Shout out to Pfizer. Okay. So, um, so so they're on the COVID list right now. I think they're coming off of it today or tomorrow, right? I think Depending? it's like as soon as they get two negative tests, they can come back. I know it's different if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. Vaccinated is five days or something. Unvaccinated, it's... You can come back within 24 hours if you have two negative tests. Oh, Something. maybe that's it. Yeah, I can't remember. But anyhow, the point being, we're, we got three players that are coming back, most likely. Well, we know Sue's coming back. So that means they're going to have to cut somebody on the team now. So there's potentially three players, three more players that are going to be cut to keep us under 53. Right now we have 57 or 56. Okay. If you include the COVID guys. Whenever they come back, other people are going to have to be released. Make more moves. Yeah. Gotcha. But right now we have done, yes, uh, Tanner Hudson, you know, we we said he was probably going to get cut. It was going to be between him and McElroy. We come to find out, they just cut both of them. They cut both of them. (laughs) Shocked me. I was like, what? Yeah. Well, I like our talent at tight end, and I'm not upset about the three tight end. I don't care. O.J. Howard? Yeah, no. What I'm saying is, <laughs> he's good. I mean, he's, he's serviceable. He's serviceable. He, for yeah. the time being, while he's not injured. Um, he, yeah, I'm like, okay. Like, I mean, in theory, we have three stud tight ends. In theory. In yeah. theory. On paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, even if we just have the two with Gronk and um, Bright. Cam Bright. You know, I'm fine with those two. I like those two. So I think I just, I don't care. Like yeah. maybe we pull in a, an extra offensive lineman every now and then, as long as it's not Josh Wells. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, so I'm just, I'm happy. I'm happy with the decision. It's a little odd, I think, but. Yeah, it caught everybody by surprise. Yeah. Uh, now Antonio Hamilton, that one did surprise me. That was one of their first cuts. You know, here's a veteran who played well in the offseason mm-hmm. or the preseason, but not having access to the All-22, you can't see what actually happens. You know, all you see is the end of the play, basically. So, we, you know, we don't know if he was doing what he was supposed to do or, you know, he was you know, going against second, third stringers anyhow, and he was a vet, so maybe he wasn't – he didn't stand out as much as they wanted or who knows. But it did surprise me because I thought he played very well. Well, I think they had other guys that they really liked. Um, D. Delaney, he made the roster, and that was kind of a surprise, but I think he played well in that last game and really got their attention. So at that point, he may have edged Antonio Hamilton out. Yeah, and it seems like we we lean, and I think most teams do this, we lean more towards our draft picks, you know, rather than free agents. So... Was D. Delaney a draft pick? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's it's a mm-hmm. you know we only keep five cornerbacks, so 
you know, we're going to keep our draft picks. And you, you have to really outperform, outshine by a lot in order to unseat mm-hmm. your drafted guys. And not all of our cornerbacks are you know, drafted guys. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to. You're not going to unseat them easily. So we had uh, Joe Tryon was our our first-round pick, Kyle Mm -hmm. Trask, second-round pick, uh, Robert Hainsley, third-round pick, Jalen Darden, fourth-round pick, K.J. Britt, fifth-round pick, Chris Wilcox, seventh-round pick, Grant Stewart, Mr. Irrelevant. I had no idea Chris Wilcox was a seventh-round pick. Yep, 251. He was way gotcha. back there. Okay. We've okay. kept all of them except Chris Wilcox, who we cut, and he was immediately claimed by the Indianapolis Colts. Oh. We were probably going to put him on the practice, practice squad. squad. Dang. Um, yeah. Uh, Tanner Hudson got picked up by the 49ers practice squad. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. I was wondering what did that just happened. Uh, yes. Okay. A while ago. Uh, now, uh, Ledbetter, that's one that shocked me. I was surprised by that one. And you know, I haven't we were heard big it. fans last year. Yeah, yeah. He plays well when he comes in. He doesn't yeah. play a whole lot, but when he comes in, he plays well. So that, you know, that kind of surprised me, and uh, it surprised me that nobody's picked him up. And he hasn't been placed on our practice squad, and most likely won't be at this point. Mm. And I, you know, I'd, I'd hate for it just to be one of those where you just never hear from him again. <gasps> He's just gone. Man, but that happens every year. There's mm-hmm. always a few. Always. You know, Ugh, it's very upsetting. Yes. Uh, Javon Hagen has not been put on the practice squad, which I was surprised because he did really well uh, in the last preseason game. His stats were pretty um, ridiculous. Let me see. I have a tweet here. He had in the last game, Greg Almond said he had five tackles, a sack and a forced fumble. And then a special teams tackle. Who was so, that? Javon Hagen, which he was on our practice squad last year. He came up, he moved up a few times. Uh, when yeah, we he was with injuries. He was a leading tackler in, in preseason. I know, yeah. but we cut him. Yeah, it's very strange. There's a lot of strange stuff that happened with our team that was kind of unexpected to a lot of people. Like I said, you know, Tanner Hudson and McElroy getting cut. Uh, Antonio Hamilton, that, I don't know if. Everybody was expecting him to make the team, at least practice squad, but we were. Yeah. And it led better. And that was just a, what? Kind of yeah. out of nowhere. So, you know, oh. and, and again, we don't we don't know all the inside stuff. We don't know if these guys practice well or you know, yeah. aren't good for the locker room or they just get, got somebody else they like better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another one was Jaden Mickens that we lost. Mm-hmm. That one yeah. kind of surprised me, especially when he had been on the depth chart mm-hmm. as the starter at returner. Yeah. So that was a little surprising, but we knew that Jalen Darden was kind of on his heels with that. And, yeah. you know, that could be a possibility. So, well, yeah, it, it appears Darden's going to be the punt and kick returner. You know, they, they tried Vaughn out, and then when he fumbled in that Texans game, you know, that like ruined his yeah. shot at the, at the uh, return game. So it looks like Darden's got it, which which is neat because I think he's got some pizzazz to him. I'd like to <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, he's him. fun. Yeah. Uh, you the know, first preseason games, he was juking people out, but then the next two, he just kind of eh. And someone on Twitter was like, "Oh, I just uh, I cringe every time Jalen Darden goes to return the ball." But that's how I feel about Jaden Mickens. Mm-hmm, every mm-hmm. time I'm like, he, I mean, he's made some bad plays yeah. and moves yeah. last season. So uh, let's move on from it. Let's give Jalen Darden a, a shot at it. Yeah, keep keep throwing stuff at the wall. I Maybe know something it's been stick. really hard to find somebody consistent in that position. Yeah. Well, nowadays with the new rules and everything, it's just hard to find anybody that can do anything back there. Yeah. Uh, so that's you know, you know, position that's just it's just not that important anymore. It sucks because I've always I always loved kick returns were always exciting and punt returns. But now anymore, you're just like, eh. They can you be momentum expect- shifting. I mean, oh, they God, can yeah. just completely change a game. Yeah. Well, look at what Devin Hester did with Chicago. I mean, he mm-hmm. basically took them to the Super Bowl and then, you know, scored the opening kickoff a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It was just like, whoa. And that was really all Chicago had at did that he, point. 
<laughs> I know. Did he make the Hall of Fame? I know he was in the Hall of Fame conversation specifically because of what he did on special teams. He should have. I mean, he was he was the last of the and probably the best returner. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Okay. Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. Devin Hester Hall of Fame. First thing that came up. Did he make it? No. Oh, he's eligible in 2022. Wow, really? You're eligible five years after you retire, so that means he retired four years ago? Yeah. Yeah, in 2022. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So we'll see. I think, but the only reason his name is even mentioned is because of his special teams play. Right. Yeah. I mean, you would forget about him if he wasn't so spectacular on special teams because he didn't do that. I mean, he was a good receiver, but he wasn't, you know, Hall of Fame worthy for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So all of our draft picks are with our team and all on the roster on the 53, not on the practice squad, except for Chris Wilcox, cornerback. Uh, like I said, he was. Claims by the Colts immediately. Now, the, the Buccaneers didn't get any waiver claims process. We did not get anybody off the waiver wire. Uh, but we did have one taken from us, and that was a cornerback. So we've added 11 guys to our practice squad now. One of them is uh, defensive tackle Benning Patoa Day. <laughs> so you're going to have to say his name again probably And some butcher point. it every time. <laughs> Every yeah, time. I don't think I said it right either. I think it's Patoa A. Patoa. 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 So we kept the three wide receivers. Uh, Travis Johnson we brought back. Jaden Mickens we brought back. And Cyril Doink Grayson we brought back Cyril. to the practice squad. Cyril. I don't – okay. Guess who else we brought back? Safety oh. Andrew Adams. Okay. We brought we signed him to the practice squad. Now he is one of the very few free agents that left the Buccaneers during mm-hmm. the off season. And Where now did he's he back. go again? Uh, the Eagles. Okay. Yeah, went to the Eagles. They released him. We picked him up and uh, signed him to the practice squad. Uh, we added defensive tackle Kobe Smith, uh, tight end Cody McElroy, and we signed him to the practice squad. It's very strange that we cut two tight ends, and brought one of them back to the practice squad. Because like I said, we normally keep four tight ends. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to do with that extra uh, available position? Uh, Quarterback Ryan Griffin, he was cut, brought him back to the practice squad, although we all all expected that to happen. We weren't going to do that with Kyle Trask because we knew somebody would have picked him up. And so we did it to Ryan Griffin. Didn't have that same concern with Ryan Griffin. Nobody wants him, man. (laughs) Guy's been in the league for I like him, nine though, years now. if for nothing else, Tom Brady's wingman. Yes. Quarterback, yeah, he held Tom Brady up when he was drunk. Mm-hmm. That's... He'll, he'll be forever remembered. Oh. We will always remember him for that. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan Griffin, for your service. Quarterback <laughs> Herb Miller signed to the practice squad. Uh, offensive lineman Brandon Walton. And then we signed running back Darwin Thompson. Mm-hmm. He, he played with the Chiefs. He was a uh, sixth-round pick in 2019. Didn't do a whole lot. I think he scored three touchdowns with them in the past two seasons. Just off the top of your head. It, it actually is. I don't have it written down. <laughs> Did you look at him for fantasy? Is that how you know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, it came up when I was looking up his his stats. But gotcha. he, he averaged 3.4 yards and like 64 carries. and all. Not a whole lot. He hasn't done a whole lot in the league, so he's now on our practice squad. Again, these practice squad players, they're going to be churned all year long. You know, they'll, they'll be cut or released and picked back up, and we'll pick up other guys. It's one thing this coaching staff loves to do is churn the bottom of our roster in our mm-hmm. practice squad. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting that we put Cody McElroy on there. Yeah. Tanner, Tanner Hudson, these guys are not going to be coming back to the team. Tanner Hudson? Wait. I have one more practice squad addition. Hmm. This just happened. Uh, tight end Dion Yelder from the from the Chiefs. We keep wow. getting all these uh, two Chiefs players. Yeah. So. That is interesting. Yeah. So we we cut Tanner Hudson. Yeah. We cut McElroy. We bring McElroy back on the practice squad and go out and get another tight end. Yeah. 
They were done with Tanner Hudson shit. Yeah, something. <laughs> Apparently. Well, I well, I don't know if it's because Tanner got picked up from San Francisco by San Francisco before we can get him. I think we could I think we would have brought him back quicker. You know, we we got the, the only one was Wilcox or uh yeah, Wilcox who didn't make it through waivers. Yeah. Oh, Tanner I see. didn't get picked up on I'm waivers. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. It was it was like Two days later, a day later, mm-hmm. that he got signed. So he's not coming back. Tanner Hudson's gone. That's it. You know, uh, safety Javon Hagen, our leading tackler of the preseason, he's not coming back. And then, of course, Chris Wilcox, who was claimed by the Colts, not coming back. But other than that, I think we did pretty good. Ledbetter, we don't know yet, but it's just weird that he's still just kind of floating out there. Yeah, we still have three spots left on the practice squad. That's what Greg Allman is tweeting. After this last tight end? Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So still filling that out. Yeah, and uh, some buck news. We've got Mike Evans' contract. He restructured his contract. Again. Yeah. You got details on that? Yeah, let me find him. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It um so that happened on Monday or Tuesday. He what they're doing, they're converting his base salary is two or twelve point two five million. So they're shifting it to the veteran minimum of one point oh seven five million and converting eleven point one eight million to a bonus so the bonus is pro he gets the bonus now but the cap hit is prorated over his remaining years on his contract so that's that's like guaranteed money he's going to be getting that yeah Yeah. and so the savings is 8.9 million so we freed up some space there and yeah we only had like 200,000 left in the cap well, and all this is not going to be used on the practice squad. I mean, practice squad hit is going to be. Does that even count? No, that doesn't count towards the cap, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the top fifty-three yeah, that counts yeah, towards right. the cap. Yeah. yeah so why are we squad freeing players, up this money? Practice squad players get a set amount, right? To, like depending weekly. on their, how many years they've been in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we did need the cap room, but like that's kind of a lot to. Have. Yeah, yeah, we can we can sign some big veterans if we need yeah. to. We'll want to. So that's not you know Evans has done this almost every year, and he he even offered to take a pay cut in February. Remember that mm-hmm. uh, to keep our guys, but you know our front office just worked magic. They're amazing. They are. They're incredible. And you know the the thing I really like about them that they've they've done for years and years and years is they don't we we never have dead cap space. I know. Never. I know. You see other teams, they have like 30, 40 million, yeah, especially yeah. from these dumb contracts mm-hmm. they give the quarterbacks. And we might have like 80,000. Like compared to 30 million, we might have 80,000 in dead cap. It's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that really is. And to have amassed a team like this doing that, mm-hmm. these guys are geniuses, man. So, uh, you know, we got uh, Mike Evans. He's just he's just been a team player with this stuff. You know, almost every year he's restructured. You know, and just like I said in February, he was like, "I, I will take less money to make sure we keep these guys." And luckily, he didn't have to. I think he's making close to seventeen million this year. So, you know, that's great. You know, he gets his money. Everybody gets their money. You love to see it. Yeah. Uh, we had eight players in the top one hundred. I think Brady came in at seven. Yeah. Way underrated. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, Did two. Did Pat Mahomes get rated better than him? Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Was he number one? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I don't know who number. I don't know. I didn't see the top ten <laughs> at either. all. <laughs> but we had the most players. Well, as we should have. Yeah, I Super guess Bowl so. champs. Hello. Yeah, I don't think they were. Uh, 
positioned accordingly. But right. we had eight players. And yeah. the second, let's see, the Chiefs and the Packers both had seven. So we okay. we beat everybody in that. So, yeah. Eh. They were, I thought they were all way too low. I mean, how do you put Tom Brady at number seven? How? I just I don't get it. He should be number one every year. Yeah, just just, just ridiculous. This, yeah, you know, because people can't figure him out. They can't figure out why he uh, has has won so many damn Super Bowls. You know, you can't figure it out. That's good. There's got to be something there. You got to you got to give him recognition for that. Yeah, Josh Allen was number ten. T.J. Watt was number nine. DeAndre Hopkins was number eight. Brady was seven. He's with DeAndre Hopkins and under Devontae Adams. <laughs> and Travis Kelsey. They say Travis Kelsey better than Tom Brady. Stop it. And then Derrick Henry is four. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was three. Aaron Donald was two. And then Patrick Mahomes again was number one. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. The dude lost the Super Bowl. Hey. But he looked good when he was doing it. Didn't you see those the crazy next throws coming he did? of Michael Jordan. Uh, so you know we we won in that we got the the most players so there boom okay I'm still not happy about it but okay yeah um, we yeah I don't I don't know <clears throat> we'll we'll talk about this here in a second I'm, okay I'm kind of stuck between two things I want to go over some stadium stuff uh, okay. for this year. The Bucks, you know, the Bucks have put a lot of money in the stadium over the past few years, and they've added a lot of new features this year. We've got the uh, Champions Lounge. Uh, it's going to be in the uh, uh, East Stadium Club. It's going to feature a new high-end seating area. Uh, it's going to be all-inclusive, includes a premium bar, culinary stations, and a craft cocktail stations where beverages are going to be served in a souvenir Buccaneers glass. How about that? Yes. How much does that cost? Well, club seating. I know. Yeah. Right, but the cocktails aren't free either. Probably yeah, right. $20 cocktail. <laughs> Probably. Well, listen to the cost on this one. Uh, the Buccaneers are now going to have an official tailgate party. Ooh. Yes, it's going to be three hours prior to kickoff. Uh, fans can uh, attend the tailgate party hosted by the Bucks, uh, located directly outside the stadium. I imagine it's going to be in the grass parking area. Uh, it's going to include an assortment of beverages, food from the grill, music and games, which, you know, they've always had little spots of mm-hmm. entertainment all over the place. But now it's going to be an official tailgate party that's going to cost. I'd take a guess. Mm. OK, so it's like an add on when you're buying. Yeah, this seats. is not free. OK. Uh, uh, $500. Ooh, God damn. No, uh, 125. Oh, I'd pay that much. Yeah, but it's 100 for season pass members. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know if that includes free beer and food or not, but uh, oh. the availability is limited through reserve. So you got a reservation. So you got to call uh, the sales representative or contact Buccaneers through email. Uh, they got a they got an email address, but I'm not going to sit here and read it. Kind of stupid. Okay, you can find it online, guys. Yeah. The, they're having a Junior Bucks experience. This is for the kids. It's going to be open to all children and families attending the Bucks game. Uh, you have to have a ticket, though, to the game. Uh, it's going to have inflatable football activities, interactive play 60 football clinics, visits from Captain, Fe- Captain Fear, and the cheerleaders. Woo! Yeah. It's going to be free of charge, though. Oh, okay. But you do have to have a ticket. And you they're have to bringing, be a child, right? What's that? You have to be a child. Yeah, you have to bring. <laughs> you have to have a child. You know, the, the, the parents oh, can come. Have to but be you, one. Oh, okay, okay. You have to have a kid. Okay. <laughs> you can't go straight from the tailgate to the right, uh, junior right. bucks experience with yeah. no kid. Uh, they're they have a bucks beach in the stadium. This is going to be in the South Plaza. So. They're making a beach. Yes. Uh, it's going to have palm trees, sand, entertainment. Now, they they tried this a couple times over the past few years, but now that's going to be a feature, apparently. Uh, they're going to have hammocks. 
uh, in their rotation of live performance before kickoff. Uh, it's going to open up three and a half hours before kickoff and close at the start of the game. So just fun stuff. The Bucks have always done great with their entertainment. Before. I love their stadium. I mean, oh, it's the so best stadium. Yeah. And it was so, it's such a good atmosphere. I think they do a really great mm. job with that. Like they have Very bands all over the place. So you're just walking and you hear mm. live music. It's so cool. They have this ship that's kind of a little float. That they drive around through oh, the yeah, parking yeah. lots. With them throwing the beads and, and stuff. They throw the beads. Yeah. It's a great stadium. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. If you have not had a chance to go to this stadium to see the Buccaneers, you absolutely have to. It's Put it on your bucket list, man. Beautiful. Definitely yeah. worth it. it and is. we haven't gone since they've got the new Jumbotrons and stuff up. Nope. We went to the back when they had the, the LED uh, bulbs and stuff. So, Gosh, have we not been since 2013? No, we went like three, three, four years ago, didn't we? Remember. My gosh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a fact check follow-up. I know. Oh, we went to a training camp. That was the last thing that we did. Mm -hmm. So that was three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, That was the last thing. We didn't go to a game then, did we? No, we haven't been to a game since 2013. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Back with Shiano. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah, we need to we need to do something about that. I know. Uh, well, face- all the tickets are sold out this season completely. They're yeah. completely sold out. Yeah. So Brian Ford announced it for the whole year. Yes. Wow. Every game. The yeah, whole they ain't year. cheap either. No. Even the nosebleeds are expensive this mm-hmm. year. Uh, face mask in the stadium not mandatory unless you work there. Then they're mandatory. Ugh, I hate that. I know. I don't. That's a, you have issues with face mask. Uh, yeah, they've been making me really sick. Yes, yeah, so you've actually really contacted sick. your work because when you go into work, you have to wear a face mask, mm-hmm. and they they are making you physically ill. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't know how people can not. I, I, fortunately, I don't have to wear a face mask all day, and I can't. I mean, normally if I wear a face mask for even fifteen twenty minutes, I'm constantly having to pull it off. I can't. And that correctly. like defeats the whole purpose because you're touching right. it. Like, yeah, the I'm whole touching time. it and all this and pulling it from my face. And, you know, I don't know how these, some of these people wear face masks. I know. And doing tough jobs, you know, yes, working concessions. For and, long periods of time. Yeah. And, you know, those people have to be hot. Like, it's hot mm-hmm. in Florida. I don't know if you guys know this, but it's very hot <laughs> and humid. And I don't understand how you could, like, I just, nightmare. I wouldn't, I couldn't handle it. Yes. I couldn't do it. Yeah, and that's regardless of vaccination status. The uh, people working inside the stadium will be wearing uh, face masks. Now, this is something interesting I found out. The R- R- uh, Jane Stadium is also going cashless. Oh, they are. Yep. All we retail. talked about that with one of the other stadiums. I, I think it was Washington. Washington. I think so. Yes. Uh, I think this is going to be a league-wide thing. All retail and food and beverage locations will be cashless, and all tickets and parking will be cashless. So you have to bring a ticket in on mobile, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a touchless ticket scanner. Now, how you do that if you don't own a mobile phone? I don't know. I think everyone basically does. Or you can—I mean, you can get it printed, right? Can you print What's it? the difference? No, I don't know. It's I don't know. It's going to be a scanned. Yeah, it's but called, they, it's mobile I mean, and touchless. Right, but I think scanners. the scan would work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um. They're, yeah, they're going to scan the tickets. Okay. Yeah. So that's the uh, new stuff at the stadium this year. So some pretty exciting stuff. Bucks I think are... the beach would be cool. If any of you guys go to the stadium and get a picture at the Will Beach, send it to us. I want to see it. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Buccaneers have unveiled their new Super Bowl 55 license plates. Oh, I saw that today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty neat. They're pretty neat. Got the flag and the uh, trophy underneath it. And it's it, a so. pewter background. Pewter background. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in getting that, go to playinflorida.com backslash bucks. You can order your uh, commemorative license plates. So, is it, do you have any more bucks news? I do not. No, that's it. Okay. Great job, Ralph. So around the league, NFC South in particular, the New Orleans Saints are not going to open their game at the Superdome. 
just announced because of the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I which, haven't. I haven't been following what's happening down there like at all. Is yeah. it awful? I don't Not know the, anything about it. Yeah, I watched the live stream of it and stuff. It wasn't near as bad as Katrina, of course. And, you know, the, there were some deaths, not many. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big thing now is power outages. A bunch of people are uh. hundreds of thousands without power. And it might it'll probably be a while before it comes back on. You know, it was falling trees and damage. But the, the flooding didn't happen like everybody feared. The Superdome didn't have much damage to it. You know, and it survived Katrina. But for some reason, they're... And I think it's it's probably due to the uh, access getting to the Superdome. Yeah, that's, that's what probably, I was thinking. The infrastructure yeah. surrounding area yeah. might have made it difficult. So, guess so where what, are they going to play? That's what I was going to say. Jacksonville. Okay. And they're playing the Packers. And you know how Aaron Rodgers can't stand the heat. So I think yeah. they did that on purpose. They were like, hmm, where can we play? <laughs> that's really hot. So And, and okay. you know, both... Uh, but the Saints, you know, they play in a dome, so they got that yeah. kind of astroturf. It would have been so fine. Jacksonville's got natural grass, so it's good. You know, it's an advantage to both teams in one sense and a disadvantage in another. So That's I guess at Jacksonville, Saints will be considered a home field advantage because hmm. they're going to be the home team. Do you remember when that happened to us, the, the hurricane? It was a few years ago, and we had to miss our first opener, and we – Lost our buy. Our buy was in week one. That was yeah, quite vaguely. a few years ago. Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. So these hurricanes mess up us southern teams. I know. I know. It'll be. It should be over soon, right? Yeah. I think it runs through October, yeah. maybe November. Mm-hmm. Um. That's all I got for the NFC South. Oh, I have some NFC South news. The. Panther, and this happened quite a few days ago, but they, Panthers traded a conditional seventh round pick to the Giants for kicker Ryan Santoso. So I'm like, I know, Hmm. trading for a kicker. Interesting. And then they also traded linebacker Denzel Perryman to the Raiders. So they were pretty active that day. And they had one more offensive lineman. Um, the Bills trade, oh no, defensive lineman. They trade a defensive end, Daryl Johnson, to the Panthers. Hmm. So they were pretty active this last week with trades. And I think I had one more, but let me find. No, okay, that was it. And okay, so then I've got league news. We talk about the league news. First, I'm going to start with um, Gardner Minshew getting traded from Jacksonville to the Eagles, which was interesting because the Eagles were talking about possibly trading for Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. What happened there? No one knows. Sure, someone knows. Anyway, they got Gardner Minshew instead. And they released Nick Mullins to make room for Gardner. So that'll be interesting. You know, Gardner Minshew is definitely a personality. He's he's very much a showman. Mm-hmm. He's interesting. I like him. I don't know about his shops as far as quarterback goes. I haven't watched him mm-hmm. a lot, but uh, he's certainly memorable. Yes, and I think a lot of Jacksonville fans are kind of upset about that. I'm not sure, but I would be if I was in Jacksonville because I liked Minshew. You know, he had that gunslinger mentality where he just he's going to do what it takes to win, and uh, I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. Oh, and you know, I can't believe we missed this, and it's probably because of <laughs> a couple of days. But Jameis Winston is now the starter for the New Orleans Saints. God, I did not realize how many Jameis stands are still out there because on our last podcast, we got some comments from you freaks. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. I can I can But um, a lot of people, you know, people have such short memories. We defended Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. 
the whole podcast, the whole start of our podcast. What we said was, and we were consistent in this, we supported James Winston, but his decision making needed to improve. Mm -hmm. And see, see, I mean, we're saying the same thing now Mm -hmm. in New Orleans. We're not confident that it has improved. And so he, we supported Jameis even after he was cut. We said, we hope he succeeds. And then he went to New Orleans and was dead to us because that's a division yeah. rival. And, you know, forget you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're now enemy. You're an enemy. So Fair game. <laughs> yeah, that's where we are. And looking forward to picking him off in week seven. Yes. At least twice. You know, I I've rewatched the the passes he did against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, one, you got to think about that. You know, he played against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are a horrible team, especially their secondary. I mean, there's they've been in rebuild mode for like I don't know. Yeah. 10 so, years. Right. And and I'm not even sure if it was the first string defense out there that was playing against Jameis Winston. So you know, you got to keep that in consideration. He was playing against a not very good team, and he had he did the same things he does did with us that we complained about all the time. You know, he he stared down his receivers. Uh, he made bad decisions, and I'll, I'll say it: it was the wide receiver who made spectacular catches. I mean, the what the first pass he threw, there were three guys covering that guy, and it should have been intercepted. Now, one of the guys that was covering dropped down. For some reason, I don't know what happened there, but the two Jacksonville guys converged on each other and ended up knocking each other off the ball. He hit it, you know. It was the bad decision I thought that Jameis Winston threw the ball, and then the second one that was just a great catch by the wide receiver, and you know the cornerback was right there. So, you know, he stared down receivers. He he didn't really scan the field. He was you know, the only thing he didn't do was get happy feet in that game. He didn't have the chance. Right. So, you know, I'm confident in the fact that he, you know, he's pretty much the same Jameis. Yeah. And the the Saints fans are not used to this and they're excited about it because that that touchdown he threw is the longest touchdown that the Saints have had in four years, five years. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, Drew Brees hasn't had an arm in how long. You know, they're used to this dink and dunk stuff. And, you know, Jameis comes in and starts throwing these bombs. They're all excited. But they're getting all the other stuff, too, that is the exact opposite of Drew Brees. Like, Drew Brees never got happy feet. Drew Brees was very protective of the ball. I mean, he just does not throw interceptions, and he doesn't get sacked, and he didn't fumble. Those are all three things you're going to get with Jameis Winston. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we're excited about it. I'm thrilled to death that he's going to be the starter. Well, and I think no matter which way it goes, the question is going to be answered. Right. Yes. You know, <clears throat> is 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 it the LASIK? Is the LASIK going to help him? Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, was it coaching? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been through two coaches at, well, three really, in uh, in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Levy, mm-hmm. Dirk Cutter, yeah. Bruce Arians was pretty consistent uh, with his issues through mm-hmm. those three coaches so yeah. we'll see if sean payton can fix it bruce arians the quarterback whisperer cannot so yeah. you know let sean payton have a crack at it and then come see us in a year right exactly i think it's gonna be a great great test of everything we've said and uh, this is going to be a deciding thing it's kind of like with bill belichick and tom brady that question was answered to me yeah definitively which was a shock because I was on the other side. I was a. It was. More, I thought it was more Bill Belichick than it was Tom Brady. I agree. Me too. Totally shocked by that. Which brings us to the next. Oh, these segues. The segue. Yes. I know. Bam. Spot mm. on. Uh, Cam Newton got cut from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very surprising. Shocked everybody. They're gonna go with that rookie. I forget what his name was. Mark. I don't really care. <laughs> I just don't. We're playing them this year, but. I know. Yeah, we'll see him. So. Mark Jones? Mac? Mac Jones. Mac. Um, Cam, I, I don't know. It was, you know, it was bizarre when 
Bill Belichick brought him in to begin with and yes. then stuck with him all of last year. Yeah, and very, then very surprising the, to me. Yeah. That was really when I went, well, Bill Belichick is not the great coach I thought he was. And then you at the end of the season he becomes a free agent and they re sign him. And you're mm-hmm. like, what are yeah. you doing? Mm-hmm. And so I am a little surprised that he got through the preseason and then they cut him. Because to me, I thought he would be the starter. I didn't know that I that job too. was up for grabs. Yeah, I figured they would start him until Mac Jones got a little bit of time under his belt and then throw him out there after Cam Newton started stinking it up around right. week six. Or got hurt. Yeah. Uh, well, uh Ex-cornerback Asante Samuel, who played with the Patriots for five seasons, won two Super Bowls with them, was an All-Pro in 2007, uh, said that uh, Belichick is just another coach without Tom Brady. And that he said that the cutting Cam Newton was cold-hearted, but it's what you expect from Belichick because that whole organization – is not very fun to play with, <laughs> which so you, you get that from a lot of ex-players. Yeah, so, we've heard that from quite a few people. Mm-hmm. They're very business and yeah, cold. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you saw how they treated Tom Brady in the end. Yeah, They just right. let him. So. It's a horrible, horrible decision. I know. <laughs> I think they're realizing that now. I, yeah. They think Mac Jones is going to be another Tom Brady or that Belichick's going to be able to perform the same magic, and I don't think so. I think it wasn't Belichick, you know, and I think we're going to see the same thing with Sean Payton. You know, Sean Payton's always had Drew Brees there. Now Drew Brees is gone. We're going to find out if Sean Payton is this offensive guru. Yeah, and that team is a disaster. Who, New Orleans? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think just from they've had a lot of really weird personnel issues, like the Michael Thomas stuff, Mm, like the uh, Will Lutz having to get the surgery, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're not. um, So I don't know. And the Alpha Camara stuff. Yeah, (laughs) despite Sean Payton's communications degree. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. It kills me that a journalist did not know because they were writing the communication that article about michael thomas yes why does that surprise you that a journalist didn't know something because it's a journalism degree communication is a journalism degree yeah pretty much it's a journalist not yeah anyway sports journalists don't have degrees usually do they actually i was in the j school program at the university of maryland and uh sports journalism was the most competitive to mm-hmm. get into it's extremely difficult um so I don't yeah know. of all the journalism that'd be the most fun one to do Good yeah Lord. everybody wanted to and then university of maryland is a huge team mm-hmm. you know sports program so i was not into sports then but yeah. now with the whole belichick and cam newton stuff and you know I, i'm saying that to me it's it's quite definitive that tom brady was the reason why New England was as good as it was for as long as it was. It wasn't Belichick. Uh, Chris Sims, our ex-quarterback, who is also a announcer and analyst and all that for a lot of different shows, uh, he says the exact opposite. You know, he worked on the staff of New England after he quit football. And he said on the Russ Tucker football podcast that Tom Brady was a product of the Patriots system. He said that the... Uh, Tom Brady threw to the most open receivers in NFL history. And he had stats to back that up. Uh, that they didn't run any bootlegs because Tom Brady can't do it. And they didn't do three-step drops because Tom Brady's not comfortable with them. And it, it is true. We don't do a lot of bootlegs or three-step drops with Tom Brady. It's just not in his wheelhouse. But to say that the, the you know, Belichick created Brady, I think, is just disingenuous. I don't agree with it. He he said that after like recently. Yeah, after the Cam Newton thing, he was saying that you know Belichick is going to make Mac Jones a great quarterback. Uh, but in response to that, and I love this. Somebody posted and they said, "It still amazes me how Brady's numbers from last season with Sims' former team, the Buccaneers, uh, Brady had forty six hundred yards, forty touchdowns, are better than Chris Sims' entire five year career." Ooh, so it's been, yeah, it was a smackdown. I was like, "Ooh, I don't know if there's, if all that's correct," but I was just like, "Ooh, talk about telling somebody to shut up in a 
way without saying shut up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, some people believe that Tom Brady is a product of Bill Belichick. I believe that the Patriots organization itself was a product of Tom Brady. I think we're, you know, we're seeing it. We saw it last year take a dive, and I don't think it's going to come back up. Well, there was an interview with, I cannot remember who it was, some defensive player, I want to say a linebacker, was on the Pat McAfee show and talked about uh, the Patriots organization. And he was saying how the, you know, Bill Belichick, when he's having these team meetings, he would just drone on Mm -hmm. and on for like 45 minutes about the structure of the opponent's you know, their coaching tree, where they came from. So the history I th- of the, the history of the organization, and everything. <laughs> well, and I think it was more he was trying to convey the philosophical underpinnings mm. of whatever team you were about to face. And I think that Tom Brady probably absorbed that information and translated it to the team so he was able to use that information to lead the guys on the field Mm. and that's how it worked so it was maybe a little bit of belichick you know his knowledge um and then it got translated through brady to everybody else but with brady gone no one i think at the organization probably values that information or knows how to even use it to you know, beat their opponent. Yeah. And so um, I think that's probably why it's not working the way that it was under Brady. Hmm. So, you know, there was probably a comb- It might have been a combination of the two at the Patriots, but mm-hmm. you can't discount the fact that Tom Brady succeeded without Belichick and Belichick has yet to succeed without Tom Brady. Yes. Yeah. In a completely different system. You know, I mean, exactly. Tom Brady went without any much prep. You know, we didn't have preseason last year, all that good stuff. You know, to me, it was just it was unbelievably incredible what Tom Brady did. Not that he came to a crappy team and turned it around. You know, I mean, we, we were a good team. I felt that we were, uh, you know, Super Bowl level. We just didn't have the leadership in the quarterback. You know, that's what that's what I expected Tom Brady to come and do. Just come, come and not make mistakes. You know, mm-hmm. that was really where Jameis Winston, you know, just couldn't get us above that level. He just made too many mistakes. But, I, you know, I didn't expect Tom Brady to come in and bring Gronkowski and A.B. and just, you know, basically turn the whole culture of this team around in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So there's that. There is We're going to do it again this year, guys. Yeah. All right, I'm finished. I'm done, too. All right. This was a little bit of a long one, but that's because we didn't make one Monday. Uh, Guys, we do appreciate you listening to us. If you get a chance, hit the uh, like button, the subscribe button, uh, any other button that you can think of to help us on whatever platform you're listening to. Get the word out there. Share this. Let people know that there's some, some good information, good entertainment for the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers fan base. But that's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.